Hello everyone and welcome to the Job Hunting Podcast. This episode is an interview with Brooke Young and we discuss video interviewing, how different and how similar it is to traditional interviewing, how to prepare for it, what it looks in the back end for recruiters assessing candidates and what it means for the future of job hunting. Hi, I'm Renata Bernardi and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, as I said, where I give you tips, advice and I interview experts like Brooke to help you nail your next job and have the career that you want. If this type of content is for you, don't forget to follow this podcast. And if you are in the thick of it and you need extra content, extra support and accountability, please subscribe to my newsletter and follow me on Facebook or Instagram because on those two platforms I post more regularly and that will ensure you keep motivated and energized as you pursue your career goals. Okay, so I'll see you there. You can find all of these links in the episode show notes, by the way. Before we start the interview with Brooke, I wanted to let you know that the registrations for my online course and coaching program opens on the 19th of December and that the program starts early January 2020. The program is called Job Hunting Made Simple, the proven blueprint for creating a prosperous career and attracting your next job. I will put the link to the uh, website on the show notes as well. So if you're interested in doing this program with me, make sure you check the link. I'm only opening registrations a couple of times per year, but once you register, the content is yours to keep and you can revisit it at any time. So if you are keen to have support, guidance and a proven framework to achieve your 2020 career goals, be it a new job or a job or even a promotion at work, this program may be just the thing for you, okay? Okay, now let's go back to the topic of this episode, which is video interviews with an interview with Brooke Yang. Brooke has had an extensive and successful career as a senior executive in the higher education sector here in Australia. She's always had a focus on student career development and business education. And today she's the president of the Aussie Hands Foundation, a national not-for-profit based in Australia, which supports people with a hand difference or an acquired hand injury. She's also an affiliate at Mercer, the world's largest HR firm. And that is really as a result of her extensive career and sector knowledge. Back in 2019, Brooke implemented a large-scale project at Monash University, which is one of Australia's biggest universities. And that project was to support graduate employment using video interview technology. At the same time, I was monitoring the developments of video interviewing adoption at large corporations in Australia and how it would affect what and how we teach students on preparing themselves for the job market. What has happened since then is that video conferencing, sorry, video interviewing has been increasingly popular. And so I felt it was a good time to invite Brooke for a chat. So here she is. I hope you enjoy our chat and I will chat to you again on the other side. Talk soon. 
So Brooke, uh, let's start now. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on this podcast. One of the reasons why I decided to bring you on board is because I know nothing about video interview. And I remember you telling me that you were involved in a large scale video interview implementation at your late, uh, your employer. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you came to um, know about video interview and why you decided to adopt it? Sure, absolutely. I was working, heading up the Monash Professional Pathways, and one of our core goals was to extend internships to many, many graduates and undergraduates so that they could have an opportunity to work. And one of the important things is about matching individuals with the right job or the right internship. So we implemented a video interviewing system called Beeple. And in order to do that, we set that up so that all of the applicants could be interviewed on the online system and that allowed us to better match people with their internship. There's a few different kinds of online interviewing. There's video interviewing, there's online interviewing, call interviews, and of course we know the usual face-to-face. -face. But for the video interviewing that we were doing, it was it takes place remotely using a video technology and it records your responses. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we would have some standard questions for the applicants and then they would be recorded online answering these questions right so that was how that worked and they are talking to a screen looking at themselves then that's right wow. that's right so we did give them a little bit of advice about how to do that so we hope that people prepared in advance and i can talk a little bit more about that later but yes they were asked standard questions they were they gave their responses and then in the background later we had our recruitment specialists review those and rate their um, responses against a scaled measure in areas such as standard things like communication um, organization all the things that you would expect of an interview so later all of our recruitment officers would look at all of the candidates recording and give them basically a rating and it also helped them then to match the right candidate with the right internship. I see. You mentioned that you adopted this for graduate students and students. Do you think that this adoption will be um, widely received and you know I'm, I'm thinking oh, absolutely. about middle management uh, roles as well? Yes, absolutely, Renata. It's already being used extensively by companies, whether they're banks or small organizations, tech companies, consulting. It's used in government. Um, online interviewing is being used much more commonly, and that's really because it's very convenient for both the candidate and the employer. It saves a lot of time. It also helps the employer to... Um, be able to get the most candidates to look at because I guess there's a little bit of um, what you might call suspicion about CVs. Mm -hmm. People submit resumes and CVs, but oftentimes the employer wants to actually see the candidate and wants to be open and fair and get the best people for the job. And by using something like this video interviewing technology, they can see a lot more candidates a lot more quickly. 
Right. And, and Brooke, do you think uh, with the uh, project that you did and also what you know about this, the, the implementation of video interviewing, does the candidate receive the questions beforehand or is there still that element of not knowing what the questions you will be and having to perform really well in a short period of time? Yeah, there's still an element of not knowing, but of course, anyone who's done their homework knows that most interviews are very similar yeah. in terms of asking some standard questions about giving us background about yourself, why are you interested in this role or the internship, whether it's a senior executive role or an entry-level role, asking um, those behavioral style interviewing questions about the key criteria for the job. So anyone who's done their homework should be prepared for the kinds of questions that they would be asked through this sort of interviewing method. Okay, and how do you prepare for video interviews, Brooke, as opposed to face-to-face -to -face or even the more traditional call online interviews that we're used to? Well, honestly, Renata, you should do exactly the same preparation. So one of the important things with a video interview or online interview, and when I'm talking about those, they're a little bit different. The video interview is usually pre-recorded, whereas an online um, interview is live or in real time, just like an interview. But how people should prepare is the same as if they were going to face-to-face. -to -face. They should dress professionally. They should be aware of the their presentation as if they're in person, so dressing the same. So preparing for a video interview, I like to think there's four key areas to look at. Your environment, technology, presentation, and the last one is preparation. So I'm happy to go through those in a bit more detail if that's helpful. Oh yes, please go ahead. I'd love to hear what you have to say. And can I just say before you start that I have recently started doing live uh, videos on Facebook as part of this project of mine of supporting job hunters. And the first few times I did live videos were horrible, Brooke, I have to say. <laughs> Even though I'm very comfortable on stage, you've seen me speak. I, you know, I'm an, an extrovert uh, by nature and I love nothing better than talking to, um, to people. But when doing the live interview and having to look at myself on screen, there was that um, sense of being very self-conscious and not really um, concentrating on what I had to say, but how I looked. And I don't know if you have any tips for me as well. I'm very keen to hear. What you well, it, it is funny because it isn't normal for us to like look at ourselves when we're speaking. So that's quite a normal response. But I think if, if people follow these four steps, they'll feel a lot more comfortable. So the first is getting your environment right. So if you're in, for example, if you're doing this in your house, you should let, if there's going to be people around, let them know that you're in, on an online interview. I would definitely remove the pets. So make sure the dog's in a quiet place in another room. Mm -hmm. Get your lighting right so that you have um, plenty of white in the area and make sure you're in a tidy area. No one wants to see your unfolded laundry in the background when you're doing an interview. So pay attention to your environment. The second thing is make sure your technology works. So your audio, your um, the screen, your computer, make sure you have access to Wi-Fi. And of course, talking at 
uh, having the computer at eye level and looking into the camera. And that can help you to feel less self-conscious and to be more yourself. So those um, unconscious, I guess, nonverbal cues are very important, whether you're in a face-to-face -face or an online video. So the more comfortable you feel and the more you can be yourself, the better. The third thing is about presentation. So definitely dress professionally as if you were going to an interview. Have a stable chair, not a swivel chair. And try to listen. Don't talk too much. We're all guilty of that. Um, so the presentation, your own presentation is very important. And finally, with the preparation, just as if you were going to an interview, make sure you prepare and practice your responses. Um, with online, the beauty is you can have a few notes stuck around the camera or to give you prompts. And again, like a regular interview, avoid giving too much information. No, that's so interesting. So what you're actually telling me is that the video interview is an evolution, not a revolution, right? So it's basically just adapting what and incrementally um, changing what we've been doing for years and just using the technology. Absolutely, absolutely. So the things you have to just pay attention to, so the same, exactly. You have to be prepared, you have to have good presentation, but the two other additional things is that you're controlling the environment and you're controlling the technology. So you just need to make sure that those are in order and that you feel comfortable with that. Brooke, do you know if we can um, edit and pre-record? If it's pre-recorded, can you go back and redo a question that you don't feel comfortable with or you can't? Like with the system um, that implemented. Think, yeah, I think whether you can redo it depends on the technology. Okay. If people, for example, you couldn't. So it was just like being in a real interview. So you had to, you know, give your best answer and try to just focus on what you were doing. But some other platforms do allow you to have a take too if you feel uncomfortable with what you've said. Okay. But just like an interview, you can't go back and restart. Yeah. You know, once you get there, that's it. I guess as part of the preparation, then I would add that it would be probably good for somebody going um, soon into a, a, a video interview situation to film themselves uh, mm -hmm. as part of that preparation. Because that it's a great suggestion. Absolutely. Yeah, and do it a few times at home and get maybe even there's things like Google Hangout. You can ask a friend or a family member mm -hmm. to help you with that and have a few um, goes, a few practice sessions with people you trust. And okay, so you said that the questions are the same and you're doing this on a scale. What does the back end of uh, something like Vipo looks like for the uh, recruitment agent or the employer? How do they then assess all of those many applications that they get in the video? Do they uh, see all the videos or do they get like a... Um, an, um, yeah. They absolutely, they see the videos, they have, it's like getting an inbox with a list of names of people in their videos, and then there's a rating sheet, so that usually there's a scale that you can say if someone's done it very well, if it's responded very well, or not so well, so you give a point score to them, and then you will be able to make comments against each of the responses, so it allows people to look through the responses, rate them and make comments. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So even though this 
seems to be something that would be a very good tool for large-scale recruitment um, opportunities. What I was told yesterday, yesterday I went to a university and I did a presentation to master's students and the academic that was hosting me mentioned that they are going to incorporate video interviewing as part of the training and development of MBA students mm -hmm. because they're finding that more and more it's also being adopted for executive roles. I'm assuming that there are not a lot of candidates for those uh, more senior roles, but still video conferencing is also picking up as a trend there. That's what right. What is the benefit yeah. of, of doing that? I'm really pleased to hear that they are incorporating that into their training because it's so critical. So even at a senior level, um, they're using this uh, format because it is very convenient for people. You have to remember people might be thinking about moving locations, moving mm -hmm. countries. It also actually increases the confidentiality of a process. So instead of you going along to a location, um, you are able to do it in the privacy of your home or office. It's so it's very convenient. So those are some of the reasons why people would be using this recruitment method, at least at the first stage for senior level candidates. It's very time and cost effective. It increases kind of confidentiality. And we have to remember that people are moving a lot more for senior jobs. Yes, that's true. I'm, when we uh, first discussed doing this podcast, I mentioned to you uh, the concept of face recognition and mm -hmm. my concerns with that, because I know some of these uh, video um, interview tools have that uh, incorporated, but I don't think that the research is uh, completely validated yet. Do you have any views on that? Have you, when you, when you were tendering out for um, the video interviewing tool, did you consider that as part of the package? Not as not the facial recognition. We only did make sure about controlling things like privacy, and so that we couldn't um, reuse or share that information inappropriately. So again, just there's a lot of sensitivity with any job market and any applicant that their information remains confidential and that it's only used by the recruiter or the employer for that period of time. So that isn't something I'm familiar with, but most employers will ensure and have safeguards around privacy of candidates. Is that what you meant or? Yes, it is. But at the same time that you were implementing your um, uh, video interviewing platform, um, I was aware and in fact, I, I brought in this uh, head of talent of a major bank in Australia and they were implementing theirs and theirs had um, the face recognition. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Was that, were they interested mostly in ensuring, was that a safeguard about the individual ensuring that the right person was being interviewed? That's a very good question. I, I'm not completely sure. Uh, they wouldn't say, uh, Brooke, <laughs> even okay. though I brought them into uh, Monash University where I was working at the time, and they, um, they spoke to about 100 people that were at the time working in career development and supporting students and so on. That was a real eye-opener yeah. because they were not only moving to video interviewing for graduate roles and, and um, junior roles within the bank, but they were also not asking for resumes at all. 
In fact, yes. they didn't even care if the candidate had or hadn't gone to university, which for a, um, a prestigious universities like, like Monash, for example, that would be a real game changer because the, the reputation of the degree didn't matter for that bank. No, that's, so, that's absolutely right. In the candidate attraction and recruitment, it is much more common to have what what they would call like a sort of a diagnostic test that measures things like your abstract reasoning and other sort of psychometric tests. So that that is what they're looking for is actually underlying capability against what they're recruiting for, whether it's things like numeracy, abstract and critical thinking, your some of your other skill set, and that's all done usually on a digital platform, and then they follow that up with video interviews. So I think you're right. They, they're less concerned about your credentials and more um, interested in the actual skills that you can demonstrate through various tests. I have a feeling that the face recognition was trying to test and, and validate some of like Martin Seligman's findings on positive psychology about smile and eye and all of that. But it was, can I a disclaimer here, it was a pilot. It hadn't been completely adopted by the bank. They were trialing things and they were trying to see if it would make a difference. But the early results that they had that year of, of the first year that it was implemented and tested were really good in terms of um, the candidates um, coming to the first day of the job as opposed to candidates yeah. missing out and not even appearing on the first day, but also remaining. Oh, yeah. Well, with any job, I mean, any good recruitment, and this is what I tell candidates, it's like, and, and people who are looking for new jobs, it's really finding the right match. And the more authentic you are, the more that you are on top, self-aware about your own unique skills and what you can offer to an organization, the better. So in, in what you're talking about, those sort of nonverbal clues, how you communicate, your confidence will come across. But as we said, it's sometimes a bit harder when there's technology or a video that feels like it's in the way. Mm. So the more comfortable you get both with yourself and in your ability to express yourself, both non-verbally and verbally, the better off you'll be in any um, in any kind of interview situation. But I guess it's so critical for every person looking for a job to really think to themselves, is this the right match for me as well as for the employer? Yeah. So that's when um, good job satisfaction happens is when there is the right match between both the candidate and the employer. And the more we can do to make that happen uh, successfully, the better. That's great. And Brooke, you have such great experience for such a long period of time working with students in higher education and helping them with business education and career development. What are your um, thoughts and ideas about jobs of the future and that partnership between employee and employer? Do you, do you, have you sort of reflected on that in, in recent months? And do you have any ideas that you would like to share with us? Sure. I think, I mean, jobs of the future, it's such a, it's such a big topic. I suppose what I always encourage people to do is try to increase their awareness of opportunities and what's out there. And the best way to do that is by asking people 
who are working to have an informal conversation with them about asking, you know, what's going on in your organization? What are the jobs that are being advertised? What are the kind of skills that are needed in your area of work? And tell me what jobs are available. So I think finding out about opportunities and also ask for referrals, like tell me more about that. Um, people just really need to ask more about what's out there. And, and of course, looking at the job ads, you can get an idea of what are some popular areas. And then there's some outstanding online tools like the Job Outlook information that the government produces really provides a steer on the jobs of the future and where are some growth industries. So I think some of that's underutilized. And in any case, the jobs of the future are going to need both some technical skills, as, but even more importantly, the ability to be agile, to be able to communicate, to learn, to adapt and change, and to contribute what, you know, your initiative. So I think there's some great tools, both from your network to find out about where the jobs are, from online research and uh, documentation that's available, and, and from your, but it all goes back to how do you pursue and find out about opportunities? And that's what I think is sometimes frustrating. People don't sort of ask enough questions or even find out from their friends and family what's going on in the workplace. And I'm so happy that you mentioned that. I was just sort of um, developing the program that I'm going to run in January. And there is a, a second week where basically the homework is to go out and research as many job ads as you can, not in your region or sector, but basically everything that you enjoy and that you sort of catches your eye and, you know, search for things that are outside the box and then um, use that as developing your own sort of future career planning. You're not applying That's for the jobs. You're basically just using the job ads to research the market. And I think there's a lot that you can learn by just doing that. Yes, and I think it goes back to the critical principles of managing a career and, and the issue of we want employability for life, not just to be employed. And that relies on having great self-awareness. So what are you good at? What are your skills? How are you unique and what can you deliver? So being very self-aware, having that awareness of what opportunities are out there. And then that last thing about how to successfully connect with employers or even more so these days, creating your own employment or your own work. I mean, that's just as important as a lot of people aren't just looking for jobs. They're creating their own businesses and being entrepreneurial in their approach to seeking work. And, and I think that that's another real trend that we're already seeing yeah. is you know, people have to make their own work the as well. Free, the freelancer and the gig economy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And of course there's positive and negatives about those things, but it really suits a lot of people. Yes. Well, you're right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. We started off with video interviews and we went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I couldn't help myself. Thank you for being such a sport and uh, <laughs> extra questions. It's been oh, it's a pleasure, Renata. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed um, listening to Brooke. She's so enthusiastic and has such great zest for everything she does. It's really a pleasure listening to her, isn't it? Um, I've known Brooke for almost 20 years now, and um, 
a personal story with Brooke is that she gave me my first um, small job at Melbourne University back in 2001 and that really opened up a whole bunch of opportunities for me. So I'm forever grateful to Brooke for giving me that opportunity. She's fantastic. All right, so check the show notes for all the links and the information about the job hunting made simple and I will see you or actually talk to you next week. Bye.